FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Georgia Byrne and Father Rob Gallia, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Galea Homilies. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of the Catholic Influencers podcast. It's Alyssa here today, and I am super excited to be joined by probably one of the most sought after priests in this year of St. Joseph. He's an author, speaker, also the Vicar Provincial and Vocation Director for the Mother of Mary Province of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, but probably most well-known at the moment for this book right here, the Consecration to St. Joseph. I'm joined by Father Don Calloway. How are you, Father? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so busy. I keep telling people, once the year of St. Joseph is over, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I think you totally deserve that. And we're both very excited because we got the time difference correct. I'm in Australia, Father Don's in California. Um, so yeah, very excited to have you today. Thank you. All right, so let's get started. I guess I kind of came to know you on a personal note. It was during lockdown, um, start of last year, a friend of mine sent me one of your videos on the rosary and I listened, I was captivated and instantly went down this rabbit hole of Father Don Calloway videos. Um, so maybe could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? So who is Father Don Calloway? Sure, yeah. So um I wasn't born into a Christian family, into a Catholic family, into any kind of religious family, and lived a very difficult upbringing. My mother was married three times, and uh, before I was a teenager, I got involved in drugs and alcohol and just living a very impure life, and mm -hmm. led me to um, a lot of problems. So eventually, we were living in Japan, because my third father was in the military, and I caused an international scene over there. I ran away. I got involved with the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza. Oh and it was, yeah, it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> but the cool thing is that through all that craziness, my parents, my mom and my stepdad, they became Catholic. They had a radical conversion. Amazing. I thought they were crazy. I thought they, yeah, I had no idea what they were doing. I got kicked out of the country of Japan, though. I came back to the United States, went to two drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers. I got thrown in jail. I had long hair all the way down to my waist. I should have brought the picture to show you, but it's, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It was nuts. And, but then I got what I call the divine two by four. God hammered me with the truth because I read a book one night that my parents had on their bookshelf in their house about the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And that was the catalyst that I just fell madly in love with Jesus Christ, with the Catholic Church, with the saints, with the sacraments and teachings. And yeah, now I've been a priest 18 years. Praise I'm God. the last person, totally. I'm the last person that ever thought I'd be doing something like this, but God is a good father. Oh, that's such an amazing story. And um, all of our listeners, I encourage you to, I'll put a link to Father Don's um, longer testimony in, in our show notes. Definitely check that out. So yes, you've been a priest for 18 years. What are you, what are you doing now? Do you work in a parish? What's, what's that like? Right. So I'm in a religious community, so I, I'm not in a parish, which it allows me the freedom to travel like I do um, mm -hmm. and to do all the things that I, I, I do. So I love it because I've, I've always kind of been like a, a little nomad, a little gypsy on the road, you know, traveling. So now I just do it as a Catholic priest, you know, bringing Jesus, Our Lady, St. Joseph, the rosary to people around the world. So, yeah, I, I totally love what I do. 
Fantastic. Um, all right. So you've given us a little bit about your personal testimony, but maybe tell us a little bit about your um, personal devotion to St. Joseph. So was St. Joseph someone who was important in your conversion? He was. Um, because when I had my conversion, I went to a Catholic church, the first Catholic church I ever went to, and there were these little Filipino women there that I kind of became like their project. You know, they were like, they were going to get me real good. They were going to make <laughs> me holy, you know? And they gave me the rosary and novenas. And one of them, very wisely, she brought me to a statue of St. Joseph in the church. And she said, this is the earthly father of Jesus. He's the man that God chose to raise his son. Um, you, and th I think this was her way of telling me, you're a bad dude. You really need to go to him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's going to help you. <laughs> so I took her hint and I began to ask him every day, to help me restore my broken manhood because mm -hmm. I really jacked it up. I mean, I made a mess of things in my life. And so I really needed him and he helped me and he still does. And um, yeah, that's kind of the beginnings of it. And now what's happening is just next level stuff. It's so, so incredible. And it is kind of like St. Joseph chooses you. I mean, I started to um, co-host this podcast. It was June last year. And the day that I began to start the research, someone sent me a message saying they were praying for me, asking for St. Joseph's in intercession. And then all these different things kept happening and St. Joseph kept popping up. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I get the hint, St. Joseph, you want to help and I need to go to you. Yeah, he's good like that, for sure. So cool. So you wrote this book, The Consecration to St. Joseph, a couple of years ago. Um, and then it was published in 2020. Then at the end of last year, Pope Francis declares this year of St. Joseph. So you probably didn't know that Pope Francis was going to do this year of St. Joseph. So what was it that compelled you to write the book? And maybe what was the, the writing process like? Yeah, so about four years ago, um, I had so many people coming up to me on a daily basis. And they were telling me that their marriages are falling apart, that their family is a disaster, that their children don't go to church, they hate the church, and so many things. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, I mean, I can pray for them, and I can give them counsel, but man, there's we got a serious problems today. And so I took it all to prayer, and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, like, what happened to me, right, about how I needed St. Joseph to help me grow and to come out of a life of sin and all that. I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, I want you to do that for the world. I want you to introduce the world or reintroduce the world to St. Joseph because they've forgotten him. And this is a time of crisis in fatherhood and families and all those things. This is the perfect time. So I felt it strong. I was 100% convicted. So I set out on a quest. Thank God, pre-coronavirus, when you could travel, yes. right? <laughs> travel the world for three years, gathering all the information from convents and all these places or uh, shrines around the world. And um, got all the information, then wrote the book, and it came out, yeah, January 1st, 2020. Incredible. And so I guess when um, Pope Francis declares this year of St. Joseph, um, did you instantly think, yes, I get to sell more books? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, the Pope's like my agent. I'm like, when, <laughs> when he did that, the, the, everybody was looking for a book on St. Joseph. And then I was like, hello. I was like, I, I got one, you know, I, I already wrote it, guys. And, and they were like, I mean, the sales went off the charts. I mean, the book is in 15 languages now. Incredible. Uh, it's sold like, I think like 600,000 copies so far, just in English. Wow. So, we're not even halfway through the year of St. Joseph yet. 
Right, right. It's amazing. But it, yeah. it's seriously an incredible book and so needed at this time. So maybe, um, did you have any involvement in Pope Francis's declaration of the year of St. Joseph? Maybe could you tell our listeners also maybe what the year of St. Joseph is all about? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've had special years throughout the centuries. You know, a Pope will declare a Marian year or a year of mercy, right? We have one of those recently. Yeah. Awesome. These things are fantastic. Special conferences happen, indulgences are given. It's, it's a great time of renewal. Well, in my research, I discovered that we've never had a year of St. Joseph. And that was a shocker to me. I'm like, hello. I mean, yeah. why have we not done this? So I actually wrote a letter to the Pope in uh, May of 2019. Um, but it was in English, and Pope Francis really doesn't know English that well. So mm -hmm. I had a brother priest in Argentina translated into Spanish. And then he said to me, Father, he said, there's a bishop who's a friend of mine in Rome right now from Argentina. He's meeting with the Pope tomorrow. Do you think we should ask him if he'll hand deliver it, if we email it to him? I was yes. like, yeah, <laughs> totally, no brainer. So the bishop said yes. And so we have the pictures of that bishop handing the letter to the Pope and they were talking about it, but I didn't hear anything back initially. So I was just like, well, you know, church moves slowly. Right. So I was yeah. like, we'll praying. And then December 8th last year, I woke up, the whole world woke up and it was like, the Pope did it. He declared a year of St. Joseph. And I don't know if it was my letter that did it was the Holy spirit for sure. Right. For Definitely. sure. But it probably um, contributed. I think <laughs> I got proof. He saw it. <laughs> so. <That's right>. Exactly. <laughs> No, that's so amazing. So, um, yeah, maybe let's talk a little bit about the person of St. Joseph and I guess why he's important. So, like I said, I didn't know too much about St. Joseph. There were little hints along the way, but as soon as I read the book, um, as each day went on, I was just blown away by how much I didn't know and how much St. Joseph actually was under the radar. So maybe could you tell our listeners, what were some of the things that you discovered while you were researching and writing that you realize that most people probably didn't know about St. Joseph. Yeah. And for me, it was a discovery too, because I, I loved him and prayed to him, but I really didn't know him that well. So what I discovered was like, I thought that Joseph was an old dude. I, Same. All the, <laughs> yeah. All the paintings I've ever seen, like 95% of them, he looks like he's 95 years old and about to die. So I just assumed that that was the teaching of the church, but it's not, it never has been. And the only reason that was done was to protect the virginity of Our Lady, which is awesome because we need yeah. to protect that and defend that. But, you know, a lot of people came up with legends saying, well, in order to do that, we have to show he was old because old men, that the fires died. You know, he's not even interested. Yeah. But that's not, you know, it's actually more virtuous for a young man to practice chastity in his eyes, his heart, his intentions, especially when you're living with the Virgin Mary, you know, exactly. uh, the most beautiful woman ever. So I'm like, yeah. So, and then I discovered that in all likelihood, he was a lot younger than he's been depicted. Um, and that was refreshing to me because I'm like, you know, if I look at an image of an old man and nothing against old men, I, I want to make that clear for mm -hmm. sure. Right. But I don't look at an old man and think I want to imitate that elderliness, <laughs> you know, yeah. I want a young man who's strong, who can swing an ax and, 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 you know, all those kind of things. So um, that was refreshing. And then I also discovered, um, because I thought this was the teaching of the church too, because I've heard it actually sometimes from people where they said he's a widow. Um, he was in a marriage before and Mary kind of got secondhand good, so to speak. And he already had children from a previous marriage. And I was like, I always found that odd, but I was yeah. like, who am I? I don't know. And 
works. But then I discovered that's never been the teaching of the church. Yeah. And then, and the reason that came into play was there's the brothers and sisters in in the New Testament where it talks about the brothers and sisters of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So people were like, well, those aren't the children of Mary. Obviously, she's a perpetual virgin. Therefore, ah, here we go. Well, yeah, this this sounds good. He must have been married, and though he brought in children from his previous marriage. But is it true? It's actually not true. Yeah. Um, the only thing that, that, you know, in the scriptures, the brothers and sisters part, in the ancient language, they didn't have a word for cousins. So everybody was referred to as a brother and a sister. So, and that happens all throughout the scriptures. And we learn this stuff from the St. Jerome and many others. And so, yeah, that was like refreshing to me too, because I was like, wow. And then I thought, what a great man you must have been, Joseph. What a wonderful father, husband, man, servant. And boy, do we need, we need more men to be like you today, to, to not use their strength in the wrong way, as many have, and have hurt people emotionally, physically, or worse, um, but not to be confused either, because right, we live in gender ideology confusion today. Girls mm-hmm. want to be boys, boys want to be girls, and it's all messed up, right? He knew who he was, and he used his strength, but with great love. He was a servant. He sacrificed. He served. And we need that today, big time. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, and that's only a glimpse of what you're going to get in this in yeah. this book. So, um, and we'll talk more about how you can get your hands on that a little later on. But one thing I did love about this book was the way that it was structured. So it's a 33-day um, consecration to St. Joseph, and you finish each day by praying this litany to St. Joseph, which I just thought it was such an incredible way. And you, you've also structured the book under each of those titles of St. Joseph in that litany. So Maybe could you tell us what your favorite title of St. Joseph is and why? Yeah, I have a lot of favorite ones, but without a doubt, Terror of Demons. I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, duh, right? Um, that's the money title. That is like big guns, game over, evil one, you're dead. I mean, Terror of Demons, that is such an imposing title. And the cool thing about it is um, it's an ancient title of St. Joseph. And it basically comes from his purity is spiritual power because the devil is this filthy, pornographic, you could say, creature. And Jesus says the pure of heart will see God. Mm. And so St. Joseph, he gazed upon the face of the divine child for decades, but his purity is like a weapon that pierces the filthiness of the darkness and, and, and the devil. And that is so amazing because if more people were terrors of demons today, we would be, oh, we would be winning so many victories. And the devil is kind of having a field day right now because of impurity in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's a plague. It's more dangerous than the coronavirus. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it kills souls. So yeah, that title for me, oh, and you know what? So many people, when they ask that question like you did, they're like, terror of demons. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's going to be my favorite title as well. Com- completely. Yeah. So glad you said that. <laughs> okay so you have touched on this a little bit um already but here we are 2021 a couple of years since you wrote the book but yeah it's again saint joseph is definitely very relevant to the times that we're living in so why why is saint joseph important for us as a church at this time yeah well he's the um patron of the church and the protector of the church and you know i mean i take no delight in saying this or pleasure in saying this at all, especially as a priest, but Hmm. the church is going through a tough time. I mean, 
both because of things that are going on in the world and the coronavirus stuff, and we've had these crazy lockdowns and churches have even been closed. And this is like strange territory for us. But then we've also got, unfortunately, a lot of infighting. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got leaders against leaders and people against people. And this is not a good situation for a family. And that's what the church is. It's a family of God. So mm-hmm. when you have that kind of chaos in a family and disorder, it takes a dad to clean it up and to just basically put out his hand and say, knock it off, you know, yeah. enough of this, you know, everybody to your rooms, you know, it's kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I, in his loving way, I think St. Joseph wants to do that for us and help us um, in this current situation. And um, I'm seeing fruits of that already. I, I really am. Oh, I, I just, I, I when, when I read that you'd written that in your little foreword, of the, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And it just, as, as you read the book, it just becomes more clear that St. Joseph is, is the one who's going to help us. So mm. awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, consecration specifically. So some of our listeners come from non-Catholic backgrounds. They may not have even heard of the word consecration before. So maybe could you explain a little bit about what consecration is and also why we would consecrate ourselves to anyone but Jesus? Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. And, and it, it does deserve an answer. It's a good one. Um, so the word itself, it basically just means to set something aside for a holy purpose, to consecration or to consecrate. So we, by our baptism, we are consecrated to Jesus. And that's our ultimate end. That's our ultimate goal. Everything is all about Jesus, without a doubt. Um, but in order to get closer to him, you know, we consecrate certain objects. Like, for example, we'll consecrate a church mm-hmm. or an altar or a chalice, right? That's you use it holy mass, because those are instruments that are set aside for a holy purpose to get us closer to God, closer to Jesus. Well, if we can do those that for an object, right? Consecrate that object, we can consecrate ourselves to those who are already super close to Jesus. And that would be his mom, the Virgin Mary, yeah. and his earthly father, right? Saint Joseph. Now, when I say that, of course, I'm not saying he's his biological father because he's not but he's the shadow of the heavenly father in that role of the Holy family. They, they really know Jesus. So if we entrust ourselves, consecrate ourselves to Mary and Joseph, oh boy. I mean, we're going to get super close to Jesus because just like, for example, uh, my life, let's, let's say that you wanted to know something about my life and, and you didn't grow up with me. And who would you ask? Well, ask my mom and dad, because they'll tell you. And, 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 and not to put myself in the shoes of Jesus by any means, but let's say you wanted to find out something that happened. And my mom said, well, let me tell you about the time we lost him, right? For three days. Oh, we were, we were so anxious, right? They'll give you those insights. And in all likelihood, that's where those episodes in the life of the Holy Family got into the New Testament in the first place. It's because people listened to the Virgin Mary. Joseph was already deceased. So that we got those stories about Bethlehem. Matthew and Luke weren't there. The visitation about, you know, uh, the... the um, all, all those aspects of lost in the temple when Jesus was, was there, all those things probably came from the Virgin Mary. So, she, you know, Jesus came to give us eternal life. The Virgin Mary and St. Joseph are not dead. <laughs> you know, they you know, are not here anymore. But now they can actually help us in a tremendous way from heaven to get close to Jesus. So that's what that consecration to them is all about. It's all about getting closer to Jesus. Yeah, love it. And um, I guess some of our listeners may have already consecrated themselves to Mary. So just want to clarify, like, can you consecrate yourself to both? Right. Another great question. So (laughs) 
I always, I always come back and I say, do you only pay attention to mom in the house, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, he's really important for us. And it's true that he's not as great in his dignity or he's not immaculate like the Virgin Mary. But nonetheless, Jesus loves him and called him father. And that's an invitation for us as brothers and sisters of Jesus to give ourselves to Mary and Joseph. And, and it's not a competition for sure, no way. It's complementarity because every child, and we are spiritual children, should have a mom and a dad. Yeah. And so it's only right and proper that we start welcoming Joseph into this whole thing, you know? Definitely. Oh, I think it's, it's awesome. All right, before we tell our listeners how they can get their hands on this book, was there something, is there something that you really want people to know? Like, for example, something you came across where you were writing it and you thought, you know, if only the church knew this, like, what would that one thing be? Oh, only one. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe yeah. you can give us two or three. <laughs> There's just so much. I mean, it's, it's almost an untapped treasure that um, we're going to be unpacking now big time. Actually, I just got off the phone today with a, a theologian, probably one of the greatest biblical scholars in the world. I can't reveal his name yet because he's working on a project okay. that he is going to unpack this biblically. And when his book comes out, it is going to solidify this in the, our prim, primary source of divine revelation, sacred scripture, unlike any other thing, really. Yeah, you, my, have my, me, you have me very excited. <laughs> oh, I know. Because, and I'm saying this having written this book, and I love this book, and I want people to read it, but I'm also waiting for his to come out because it's going to be kind of the follow-up. It's going to be the, the swing to knock the ball out of the park. Wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. But one concrete thing that I was told... Um, and maybe any ladies who are listening to this, they can either affirm it or say, Father, you're wrong. But I've, I've been told this, so I'll, I'll share it with you. Um, you know, we don't have any words of Joseph in the New Testament. Yeah. Right? He's like the best supporting actor in Christianity. He doesn't say a thing. <laughs> doesn't even yeah. get one word, you know. But we know that he spoke, of course. And we know that it was his responsibility to name the child. That's what the angel said to him. You will name him Jesus. So we know that he said Jesus, for sure. And what else do you need to say, right? But um, Here's something cool. I've been told by mothers around the world. So this is not particular to the United States. I, it's Australia. It would be Asia. It would be Europe. It would be Africa, everywhere. That generally, the first words out of a baby's mouth as a norm are dada or, yes, or papa. Yeah. Right, right. And not mama. Now, sometimes mothers are jealous, like, oh, they're rooting <laughs> for it. They want it. But, you know, it's, it's a delight. So imagine. Probably, in all likelihood, the first words that the little adorable divine baby, Jesus, said were Abba, looking at Joseph. I just find that, what a meditation. And so Mary wasn't incredible. jealous. She would have delighted in that. Yeah. Right? Mary would have loved that. I just, oh, it's that kind of stuff that I'm just like, oh, my goodness. How God loves St. Joseph. How mm -hmm. much he loves him. What a gift, right? Yeah. That was a really good one thing. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So as I have said before, and our listeners have heard me talk about this, you know, in previous episodes of the podcast, I have read the book. It's incredible. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to do the same. So much so that here at the Catholic Influencers Podcast, we're actually going to give away one copy of Father Don's consecration to St. Joseph. So head to our Instagram page, Catholic Influencers underscore for all those details. But Father Don, if someone wants this book and they want it now, how can people get their hands on your book? Right. 
So I'll give you a couple websites because I know this is going to have an international audience. Mm -hmm. The book is all around the world. But for example, if you're in Australia or New Zealand, um, I always mess this word up. You might have to help me. It's parousia or parousia? Yeah, that's right. Is, is that the one? Okay, uh -huh. I always that's I don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> word. So go there. Parousia, I think it's .com or parousia media or something. I'll put like the that. link in the notes. Oh, for sure. thank you for doing that. Yeah, great people. They're doing great stuff down there. So they're actually printing it and selling it there. So you don't have to wait for it to be shipped from the United States. It's there already, which is fantastic. If you're in the United States, um, consecration to stjoseph.org. Mm -hmm. is, a, is the website. Don't spell out the St. part, just S-T, consecrationofstjoseph.org. And in most other countries, um, try Amazon. They probably have it. Um, and look for the ebook. It's ebook. It's audiobook as well. And like I said, 15 languages right now. And mm -hmm. I just got another request today for another language. So it's just continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I guess what can people do to connect with you and, and learn more? Do you have a website or social media profiles that people can visit? Yeah, I have a website, which is fathercalloway.com. And you mm -hmm. do have to spell out father on that one, fathercalloway.com. Sure. But that's static. It, it just shows where I am, what I'm doing and stuff like that. It's not interactive. I do have a Facebook page. It's called Consecration to St. Joseph with Father Calloway. Mm -hmm. I, I post stuff there every day, multiple times. And really cool stuff, because now everybody around the world is sending me stuff on St. Joseph from their culture, their country, this shrine. That, and I'm like, wow. I mean. Yeah. I probably need to do like a volume two of the book just to all this cool stuff. So yeah. And I can definitely vouch for those posts. I think I saw some of your posts around Christmas, um, like scenes from the nativity and it was just, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Everyone cool check stuff. that out. Um, okay. So I guess as we wrap this interview up, can you please maybe give our listeners a bit of a blessing and maybe a quick consecration to St. Joseph? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yes. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this year of St. Joseph. We thank that you that we're privileged to live at this time. Though it is a difficult time, Heavenly Father, it's a time of grace because you are with us. And we ask you to help us to entrust our lives, to consecrate ourselves to the great St. Joseph so that we can become closer to your divine Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has conquered death, who has conquered sin, and wants us to share in that victory. And I give this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. And yeah, once again, we just, we know how busy you are. I know how busy you are. And I just thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been such a blessing to be able to, to talk to you. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. God bless you. God bless as well. And just for our listeners, we'll be back to our regular um, schedule of our podcast next week with Father Rob and Georgia. Be sure to check us out on all the usual platforms, our Instagram account, Catholic Influences underscore. Check out our St. Joseph giveaway. Also our website, um, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. And you can check us out on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash frgministry. We'll see you next week.